<laughs> Thank you. So glad to hear from you. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. <laughs> All right, settle down. Uh, <laughs> uh, just a couple quick announcements before we get started. I know uh, no one knows what I'm about to say with the announcements, so I'll just fly through these. If you need to use the bathroom, you know where it is. It's back that way and to the left. I'll be back there in case you get lost. Get with, <laughs> get with the program, folks. It's in the same place every time. Um, if you have your cell phone on, turn it off, seriously, uh, or silence it. Please, please just check them. I guess I can see no one's checking their phones right now, so I guess you already did it. Uh, I hope I'm right. Uh, please no food or drink in here. You guys are pretty good on that, but I'm still watching. Uh, and you guys are already sitting. Oh, Doug, yeah. You guys are all sitting in the front. I really appreciate that. I don't even have to make that announcement. Uh, if uh, you have a question or comment or the Holy Spirit takes over you, try to raise your hand so we can uh, hear you. Uh, I'll bring the mic to you. Nick will bring the mic to you. Please hold it in the way that I'm holding it. Uh, don't put it in your mouth or flail it about. If only the people could see you, then I... I <laughs> yeah, if only the people could see you, then it'd be really funny. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you guys all know the rules at this point. So anyways, guys, that's enough for me. Like I said, happy Easter. Thanks for coming. Take it, Jesse. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Nick, you went to the where? Uh, Billy was telling me you went up to the Redwood yeah, or something. Yeah, to Sequoia National Park. How, how far is that? How far is that from here? Oh, like going to or on the uh, like going to Oregon. Oh yeah. How'd you like it? It was pretty. I was pretty surprised to be honest. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't expect the trees to be that big. I guess. Oh. Every tree I saw was the biggest tree I've ever seen in my life. You wouldn't expect it either because you're like winding up this mountain road and there's shrubs and trees and you're like, there's no way this turns into a giant forest. Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. And uh, happy Easter, by the way. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line, and Hake will respond to your questions and comments. Happy Easter, everybody. How are y'all? Happy Easter. So when you hear happy Easter, what does that mean to you? Uh-huh. I don't know. You don't know? Can you bring the mic? He likes standing there like there with the mic. <laughs> so when you hear Happy Easter, what did that mean? I'm not sure, actually. Um, growing up, it was almost like you just were raised to say it was a polite thing to do, but I was yeah. never taught the meaning of it. I never really understood what it really meant. I just know you say it to a person as a pleasantry more than it is anything else. And so do you say it to people, Happy Easter? Yeah. And you feel silly when you say it, or it makes sense? Um, I don't really feel a certain way about it, but it doesn't make sense to me. 
It doesn't? No. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you know what Easter is all about? Well, yeah. What, um, what happened? Well, when um, Jesus was um, crucified on Friday, he rose on, on Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, amazing. But the term Easter, that whole the celebration of it all, I don't understand that. You don't? No. Oh, okay. You understand, do you say happy Easter to people? It, it does. The really good Christians say happy Resurrection Day. They used to say Easter, now they say Resurrection. Right. And so when you say it, which one do you say? Um, whatever. Like if they say happy Easter, I'll be like happy Easter back. And so if you walk into someone, you go happy Easter? I mean, not really anymore, but... And why not? Because it seems, yeah, like... Um, Alexis said, just like a pleasantry or just like something to say, you know, like, how are you? Like, I don't really care how you are. Do you feel you, if you don't say it, you feel funny not saying it? No. If you walk over to someone, you met someone this morning, and you know it's Easter, if you didn't say it, would you feel weird? Honestly, Jesse, no, because now I do realize all that stuff is the ego, right? Like, when you bring your Bible to church and stuff, like, and so you have been showing us just to be free of all these things, you know, just... Your f- soul, you know, yeah. so. Amazing. Yeah. So I had my first experience at CBS yesterday. So I was at CBS, and, and CBS is a pharmacy, right? And I was at the front paying for my mer- merchandise, and these two black guys were walking out of the store with backpacks packed with stuff. <laughs> and this little uh, white guy, manager, he said, are you guys going to pay for that? They're like, no. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. And, and they walked out without paying for it. And he was too afraid to erase his voice or anything. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. That's the first time I've seen it in person with, like that. And I'm like, so I said to the clerk who was black, I said, that's amazing they did that. She's like, yeah, I don't know why anyone would be amazed by it. It happens all the time now. Yeah, she said it happens all the time, so they just walk in and steal stuff and leave. That was mind-blowing seeing that. And all the workers just talking to each other about it, but there was nothing they could do about it. So I was thinking, that's amazing that they won't do anything about it and that people actually will walk in the store and just take it. And I noticed that a lot of the older white employees are gone, and it's mostly, I haven't been there in a minute, but it's mostly black and Hispanic that's worked there now. And they still look dead and kind of dry. Isn't that like sad? Yeah. It's so amazing. But it was weird seeing it in person. It's not like reporting it on the show, but to actually be there and see it and see the helplessness of the workers was mind-blowing. Because the little manager, he just stood a little, he was skinny with the white guy. Are you, are you guys going to pay for that? <laughs> no. Isn't that amazing? It's my blood. Anyway, um, it is, it is, anybody here for the first time? Oh, this is your first time? Oh, okay. Um, what's your name and how did you hear about us? Welcome. Hi. Um, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, my name's Terry, and I heard about you through a friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm from Arizona. Oh, you're from Arizona? Uh-huh. Oh, you're just here for Easter? Yes, visiting family. Oh. And wanted to come to Bonds, too. Nice. Yeah, to Well, I'm glad you're here. Any questions about anything? Uh, no, so far everything's great. These lovely ladies, um, 
We uh, talked and chatted, and it's been nice. How's nice your life going now that you have you forgiven? Yes. And so, how's your life going? It's going good. It's definitely more um, liberating. Yeah. I don't um, stress about the things my parents think, or really people in general. You don't stress over that anymore. Mm-mm, really? No. Yeah. What made you stress before? Uh, just the critic, like the criticism of people, or what they thought of me, or what I did, or my choices, or yeah. yeah. And I don't care anymore. That's amazing. Yeah, I nice. wish them well. I mean, I don't, you know. That's right. But well, it's good you're overcoming that because it's a cruel, nasty world out there now. Yeah. There's no love, and you can't even tell the Christians from the secular. Because they all treat each other the same. They don't love each other. They have no respect. It's the same thing. So good that you're overcoming that. Is this your first time here? No, I've been here. Oh, yeah, you've been here. Right. Yeah, I remember. Okay. So no questions about anything? No. Oh, okay. Anybody have any questions? So, all right. So you want to be taught, right? So, you know, like this whole week has been like Easter week. And on the History Channel, they show a lot of the Jesus movies about the Bible and about Jesus and all that. So I happened to catch a few of them over the weekend. And I noticed that um, the newer the movies are about Jesus, the weaker Jesus is. He's like very emotional now. He's like uh, a caring Jesus. I'm like, wow, they're weakening Jesus. And I think because a lot of, so many people are emotional, and a lot of people are making these movies. It's like they have done the Bible over the years. They have changed the Bible based on the culture. If the culture don't like certain words, they're taking them out of the Bible or, and replace it with a soft word. And so the people who are making the films are emotional, weak people. And so they're starting to make Jesus be that way. In the newer ones, but when you watch the old ones, Jesus didn't play around. And, but what I noticed about human nature when I was watching the movie with Jesus, it's sad that we as human beings are so identified with the not us. We're so identified with the ego aspect of the nature uh, that we are, people are sad, they're afraid, they love feelings, they can feel good and or they can feel bad and they identify with the feelings as though both are right. They can feel good if you say, hey, good job. They get like a little emotional joy from that. Um, they're so identified with it. It's amazing how identified it is. And it's hard to overcome that. It's really hard, especially when you're in the mind and in the feelings. It feels like it's you. And it just... No one has told us growing up that it's not us. So that while growing up, we wouldn't identify with that. But people so, human beings, until we overcome it, are so identified with feelings that it's amazing to see it. When I'm walking down the road sometimes, and even in this movie, the newer movie with Jesus, even the people who were following Jesus, all emotional, all into the feeling thing, right? And when you're walking down the road, you hear people talking to themselves. They read, they quote scriptures or they mumbling about something, right? And now I realize, wow, they just like everybody. They're no different than anyone else in that they live in their head. 
and they're talking to the imagination and feeling that way. And we got a, uh, the, the one thing that Jesus did that I noticed is that he was like a whole person. He wasn't into the feelings, the real Jesus, not just fake when they put on. He wasn't about the feeling thing at all. He, he understood how to deal with evil without identifying with evil or even giving it any attention. He gave evil no play at all. Whereas in our fallen state, we give evil all kind of play. We love to pay attention to it. Even when we're feeling good, we don't know that that's evil. So we like feeling good, but not realize that we're worshiping the devil. And then some people love feeling bad. They love bad pain, but they don't know that they're worshiping the devil. But right above that is the real us. And that's the hardest thing in the world to get to, to really, because it's easy to say it, but doing it is a different story. Oh, yeah, I'm not into my feelings. I'm not into my ego. I'm not into thoughts of feeling right. But you really, really are when you really, really try to try to overcome it. And that's why a lot of people cannot live or be alone, because in your downtime moment, there's nothing left but that false life. And it's painful, and you don't know what to do with it, so you have to have something to distract you from it. So you got to go to a party, or you got to get on the phone, or you got to eat. But we got to die from this thing. If we want to be free, we got to die from it. And so um, we got to get over the feelings. You need to pay attention to the feelings, too, as you do with the mind, because there are some feelings you think is fine. It feels like it's fine, like when somebody applauds you or, or say a nice thing to you. You feel, oh, you built that wall? Oh, that's so nice. Amazing wall. You feel good about that. That's not a good feeling either. That's an ego feeling. But you want to hold on to that one as though it's the real deal. We really must. And so I want to get to the uh, biblical question because this is leading up to that. And the biblical question for this week was, um, any question about that? The biblical question, if a fool would persist in, him, in his folly, he would become wise. If a fool would persist in his folly, he would become wise. Have you guys and ladies been thinking about that? So anybody have an answer to it? I'll get to you in a minute. You may have it, Raymond, but I'm going to come to you with that. Hold on for a minute. Have you thought about that, Holly? You knew about the question? I heard it once. And what do you, what do you think about it? Um, if a fool... And it's, I thought it one time was in the Bible, but Nick and Jane tell me it's something someone said in the 1800s, right? I guess the 1800s. Yeah. And, but I've, I've heard it all my life, off and on. I don't hear it as much now, but I heard it all my life. Go ahead. So what, what's the question? If a fool would persist in his folly... He could become wise. Could he? What does that mean? Uh, I mean, I'm just because of what you were just talking about, right? Like not relating to the not you. I suppose if he continuously like persists in like smoking cigarettes, right? But he can see that like it's not him. Maybe he's becoming wise because he just sees like 
wow, I'm totally like possessed by this cigarette. I have no idea. I literally don't know. You say what now? I don't really know, but oh, I'm just okay. thinking like... All right. No, it doesn't have to be honest if you don't know. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think about that question? Uh, I think that... Do you know what it means? I don't know. What, I don't know if I know what it means. Oh, okay. You've uh, heard it before? I've heard it before. Yeah, I've heard it over the years. I've never really heard anyone explain it. Yeah, same. Um, and I just assumed that I knew. Right. I thought about it this week, uh, and one thing I thought was, if you continue to persist in your folly, right, you're making mistakes, um, y- you can learn from that and grow from that, but you can also not learn and grow from that. Some people will use their trials and tribulations, if you will, to grow. Uh, but really, it's like only if it's revealed to you, you know, so kind of what she was saying. Um, you recognize like, oh, I'm being possessed by this need to smoke a cigarette. You become aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really know if I know exactly what it means. Oh, OK. <laughs> nice. That's why I have these questions, because you hear these things and you kind of assume that you know what it means. And uh, and you could say, hey, man, that makes no sense. Hey, man, pray to the Lord. Right. But have no clue of what it means. Exactly. And, but because people tend not to examine themselves, they can live a whole life not knowing but assuming that they know. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear Yes, sir. Um, with regards to the biblical question. Uh, if a fool would persist in his folly, he could become wise. What does it mean? So... We spoke about it a bit, and one of the things that she just said about people's trials and tribulations, um, I think that the surface level of the question is like, if you can continue to allow yourself to make mistakes, then you can learn from those mistakes, which is what we hear often. But I also see another side of the question where even like the very religious like Bible-thumping types might say, oh, well, I... I'm born again, but I still sin because God will give us trials and tribulations. And they use those hard moments or those moments where maybe God is revealing an opportunity to allow the ego to die. Um, They use those to build up a fake idea or a fake identity of, oh, I only did this because, you know, I can't help it. And it's my it's my struggle. But to persist in your folly and become wise for for my perspective that I was looking at it as is maybe to like we discussed to see the hard thing to do and to not run from it to not hide from it but to you know move towards it and embrace the pain of the lesson right if you persist in your folly and it results in smoking the cigarette or whatever any kind of consequence that comes your way um um, so, so you believe it means what? If you persist in following me, what now? I believe that it has to do with, uh, I believe it has to do with dying of the ego through difficult growth moments, but you have to, you have to persist. You have to move forward and not shy away from the difficult moments. And, um, what do you mean by that? Like, um, let's say either making an excuse to use the same, uh, to be consistent with the example to not make an excuse for smoking the cigarette, to not stop because it's the holy, righteous thing to do, and to not make an excuse for why you can't stop, but to um, allow yourself to feel either the pain of, I don't want to do this anymore, like I really don't want to, and I 
am submitting from it. So you think the folly is smoking a cigarette? I think the folly is any mistake that you could learn from. But oh, you can't okay. learn if you're, if you're not open to the lesson or you know, eyes to see, ears to hear, that kind of stuff. You have to be willing to feel the pain of the lesson or you'll, you know, you'll continue to just make different mistakes instead of breaking down that one thing, being persistent in that struggle until it's no longer... Oh, okay, interesting. Have you heard that saying before? Yeah, I don't think the phrasing is the same, but I've heard the persisting in your folly, becoming wise, a version of it. Oh, okay. I don't know where it's from, though. Oh, okay. Same as you, I heard it. But I it is it in the Bible in a different kind of way. Yes, ma'am, what do you think of it? Did um, you think of this biblical question this week? Yeah, I you, did. I never heard it before. You never heard the phrase, the phrase no, before? No, I never heard that oh, phrase yeah? before. But the first thing that came to mind when I thought about it was something was a story from the Bible. And it's this is a rough interpretation. But I guess he was called the prodigal son where he, like, inherited, like, all this money from his father and he went off and spent it on prostitutes with his homeboys hanging out or whatever. And then he ended up like, uh, in the pig's pen with the pigs. Like I said, I don't, I can't quote the Bible, but the story. And so he, so the son, I get, I mean, the father was like, you know, upset that his son went off and was foolish with what he had gained with his inheritance or whatever. But afterwards, when he ended up like with the in the pig's pen, like working with the pigs or something, he didn't have anything. He ran through his money. He came back and the dad celebrated. So that story was the first thing that came to mind when I heard that phrase about because it's kind of compares yeah compares with him like being foolish with being foolish and then coming back to his senses and coming back to his father and they celebrated and it was all good. Oh okay. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um amazing story. That that was it. that was the only yeah. thing that came to mind but I had never heard that before. Have you heard it Francisca? If a fool persisted in folly he would become wise. No, I've not heard it before. You never heard that phrase at all? I've heard it in the the other opposite way in the Bible. It talks about uh, um, a fool will not persist in the Bible. I never heard this. You said a fool what? I heard that um, a fool uh, will fail. Uh, Your statement sounds to me like a false statement, in my opinion. (laughs) You know, you're two plus two is... It's four, what, it's not five. And what does it sound, what does it mean in the Bible? What does what it I, say in the Bible? What I've heard in the Bible, I can remember. You heard it or you read it? Um, I don't remember reading it, but I remember hearing verses in the Bible where it says, uh, a fool will not persist in his follies. If he keeps failing, he'll fail more. I've heard it that way. I've not heard it that a fool is going to get smart and do something wise. Amazing. A fool is going to be an idiot. Nice. I love that. It's going to. Yes, sir. Uh, it's like a. Is a folly like a uh, like a vice, like something that you something that you do over and over again that you can't. It can be. Get, yeah, absolutely. Get, oh, okay, okay. It's a little crazy thing. I just assumed it was that. Oh, okay. Do you know what it means if a fool persists in his folly? He could become wise. Mm, I haven't heard the term before, but the folly part, yeah. I assume like it was some type of like 
vice or something that you know you're you're, you're doing over and over again, and then eventually you know yeah. it comes to a point where you get you know oh I don't need. Have to do you this been thing. paying attention to yourself? Uh yeah, this week especially yeah. And what is it like for you seeing yourself? Um, I'm definitely uh, I'm not an angry person as I was this week, I guess. Right. Like, I kind of I've been uh, letting things kind of like just go, I guess. Um, and that's easier for you. Yeah, you it, like it, it is way? honestly. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever imagine you could live that way? I mean, I you wasn't. Um, well, actually, I kind of was kind of angry, but. Um, yeah, I, d- I didn't really imagine. Sometimes little things would, like, trigger me, and then I'd just be mad all day, you know, and stuff like that. But now it's like, you know, I'm just, oh, whatever, you know. No. Hassan, what do you think of the biblical question? What, I mean, what do you think it means? Um, yeah, I think they can. I think people can. Because they suffer enough to where if they... If a fool persists in his follies, that he would become wise. What do you think? Yeah, I think it kind of like what everyone's saying about suffering and going through whatever they're going through. They can have like a false sense of wisdom. And I think that still is like the ego. Because you talk to homeless people or drug addicts and they're like, they'll say wise things. Right. But they're still doing it. Yeah. So I think even that wisdom is like an earthly wisdom that people will have, but it's not until God's wisdom that really you can overcome it. So kind of like what Francisco was saying, yeah, they can know better, but they still won't do better. So it's still like the ego to think that that their wisdom is going to, you know, have them overcome it. So are you persistent in your folly? No. You cut your beard, huh? No, I was going to, though. Cause I oh, wanted it doesn't to... look as long. <laughs> I thought Chris took what you cut off. Yeah, he, t- he took <laughs> over. <laughs> um, and so do, you, so do you know what it means to persist in folly? I, I mean, to continuous, like, continue to do foolish things. Oh, okay. Or continue to do the... Do you think a person can become wise by doing foolish things? Consistent? I think they can have a false sense of earthly wisdom. Like, uh-huh. But again, it's oh, ego, like a man's version of wisdom. But I think that's not the true fruit of the spirit, like God's wisdom. Okay. It's kind of like, like with the intellectuals. Like people know scripture intellectually, or they know God intellectually, but they don't spiritually know God. So you can intellectually have this wisdom of doing better, but you won't spiritually ever do better because you can't overcome it without God. It's amazing to me that you can even be still, do the silent prayer, and you can hear me say, hey, you're not, your thoughts are not yours, all thoughts are all lies. And the devil can tell you, oh yeah, that's right, that's what's happening with you. Your thoughts, uh, uh, you're not your thoughts, and you believe that spiritually you see that. Be, but it's, I understand with the Bible thumpers, but I didn't realize it with the uh, be still and know people that intellectually you can think that you see and don't. That's mind blowing to me. And so the de- that's why I say you shouldn't hold on to anything, hold on to no words, 
Because the devil will use anything to make you think you got it. And then so even ones that say, well, I can see, I can see spiritually, right? When they get angry or something go wrong, they overreact to it. They don't see, well, if I could see spiritually or I had love in my heart, why am I overreacting? Why don't I stop? They don't even question that in the same way that Bible thumping don't question that they don't get help when they read the Bible. At least you should question it. Okay, if I say I can see, or if I say my heart's been changed to love, why am I overreacting? Why am I mad? But they tend not to question that because right away Satan got them. Because he made them believe a lie that they are spiritual, he can also make them believe a lie that it's okay to be angry about certain things. Isn't that amazing? You really got to watch yourself. Because the devil, all thoughts are all lies. He would try anything. He would use anything against you. And you will intellectually have it, and he'll make you think that's the real deal. But yet you're not dealing with life in a perfect way and won't even question it. Interesting. Yes, sir. Uh, what was the biblical question? If a man would persist in his folly, he would become wise. Uh, I believe it means you have to be the fool to be the expert. You have to what? You have to be the fool to be the expert. Okay. Uh, like in case your follies, uh, to experience what, whatever the follies may, may, may be. Uh, the world will call you a fool. They'll call you this uh, to attack your ego. But when you're going through it, you understand it's not your ego. It's your own school of life, which is the best school that exists. Okay. Your own experiences and, and so forth. And knowing the, the faults of everything, that's when you become wise. And then you decide whether to fulfill that wisdom or, like Hassan said, you could you know, be a crack kid but still be wise. Had you heard that before? Never. That saying before? Never. You never heard it? Never. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to hear more than I've heard it lately. It kind of went away. Yes, Doug. If a fool persists in his follies, he should become wise. I don't really know how to answer that. Um, but there's another saying in the Bible, a fool and his money are soon parted. And I think what? In, a fool and his money? Uh-huh. Oh. And I think in the Bible days, the fool was somebody... I don't know if this is true, but this is what I think. In the Bible days, a fool was somebody who wasn't really paying attention to self. He was just a fool, and he may never get better. Um, the one thing I noticed that Jesus made clear, even in these movies that they're playing right now, the Bible movies, he made clear that we have a new kingdom. We have a new reality now. There's another way of living, and that way is of love and from within. You made that so clear, and even that is missed. Most people that read the Bible, even read that, they don't even get that. They don't, they don't really hear or see that this man is saying that there is a new kingdom. There's a new way. It's not like the old way where the people couldn't help themselves, right? Now you have power of love to help you live. It's still missing. It's being missed as well. Go ahead. I don't know what else to say. Uh, That's it. That's all I so, got. So you mean, repeat that in short, to, to if I, a fool persists in his folly, he become wise as well now? I don't know, I don't know how to answer it. Um, oh, you don't? Okay. I just think that perhaps fool in the Bible meant something different than it does today. Like, I don't, I don't know that it meant that if somebody's looking at themselves trying to do better. Oh, you don't think mean that? Yeah, I think fool meant someone who wasn't trying at all. 
just, you know, wasn't looking just at themselves. Just a fool, at didn't care? Just a fool, didn't care. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Nick, what did you say? Did you tell me what you thought about? Might have, yeah. Go ahead. What um, is it? Uh, well, to answer the question, what does that phrase mean? Um, I think it means simply that if a fool were to continue his follies, his mistakes, or living wrongly or whatever, he will, <clears throat> by continuing his folly, realize his mistakes and be better. Is that phrase true? I, I'm not entirely sure. It seems like when I first heard the phrase, I, I thought, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it no. It sense to me. Some people, some people stay fools, you know what I mean? And then, um, and then I was thinking about where the quote came from. And then we kind of got into that, right? I went yeah. into the Bible. Right. And the Bible says something about... The Bible says... The Bible. Um, it says something about the fool. If you don't correct, if you don't correct the fool, they'll go on thinking they're wise. Oh, okay. That's a proverb or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. And then the, the William Blake quote in your biblical question is from his collection of what he calls Proverbs from Hell. Yeah. So that's... I kind of got into the intellect a little bit, but... Then I was, and then I kind of dropped it, and I heard you ask, Hassan, do you persist in your follies? And I examined myself, and I'm like, dang, I, I persist in some follies. And <laughs> I got follies. And then, um, and then, but I've, I've become a little wise <laughs> persisting through them. <laughs> so maybe on his face, but it's you're real. laughing like you don't believe that. Because <laughs> it's, it's a little wise. Oh. It's just a little bit. Okay. Um, so I just don't know. It just seems like it could be true, it could not be true. Oh, okay. And so are you becoming wiser in your follies? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think yeah. I'm seeing, like, it's weird because it's, you would think to someone on the outside, you're like, that's, that's a fool if I've ever seen one. Look at him continue his follies. Yeah. <laughs> but inside I've seen things that I just never thought I'd see. Oh, like okay. about nature of reality, about myself and others. and I, I, you know. Amazing. Yes, ma'am, right here. What does it mean to you? Um, You're aware of the biblical question for this week, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have to. Um, I'm persisting in my follies, um, and I think you what now? I'm persisting in my follies. And how are you persistent in them? Like um, getting through, the, just being aware of them. Oh, okay. Kind of just being aware of them and. Realizing that they're not a part of me, like there could be, um, like, um, kind of where what he was saying, what Nick was saying too. Like, um, I feel like I'm getting wiser. Where when I think about it, obviously not. If I'm continuing with my follies, but it's like I'm not um, accepting them. You know, mm. it's more like I realize that they're just there, and um, you know, I'll just let them fall away. And for me, I kind of um, thought about, I know someone said a while ago, well, I've heard Jesse say it's bad, but why do I not want to persist in my followers, or why do I not want to have them? So that's kind of been helping me, just, okay, well, why don't I want to do this? And then um, every time I do, and then also how you said you would never do the action if you didn't have the thought. Because I feel like I don't have the thought. I feel like I just do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you feel like you do it without thoughts? Yes. And how is that possible? I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> that's that's why I have to be more aware. So when you said that, I was just like, okay, I can see where it is, but it's because it's instantaneously. You know, I almost believe it instantaneously, almost like it's not even there. So you find yourself doing it, but not recognize that the thought came first. Yes. Oh, so see. that's kind of where I was like, okay, I have to just submit to the silent prayer. So I've just been doing the silent prayer this whole week. And, um, yeah, I could definitely see the thought. So yeah. um, the thought definitely comes first. So just realizing that and then um, knowing why I don't want to do those things just makes it a lot easier because then I just have that motivation where I'm like, I'm never going to get to where I want to be if, I, if I'm continuing in these follies. Had you stopped doing the silent prayer for a minute? Yeah. You had. Mm-hmm. What made you stop? What I would be too afraid to stop prayer, even if. Because I, I feel, I feel like I, it, I can't even let the devil talk me out of not doing it now. But go okay. ahead. It's because what you said, like I'm believing the lie, like oh, um, what you had said right before this, that I intellectually think I can see, but I'm not yeah. being able to see. So that's kind of what I realized, and then um, also. We we have to let the intellect go. Yeah. The intellect is very deceiving. It's not the nature of God. But it's, it's another thing that so we're taught to use. It's so much a part of Sema, who we are. And it's hard for people not to trust the intellect as well. And it just hold on to knowledge. It hold on to everything. And it repeats it. And it makes you feel good or makes you feel bad. But you still think that it's coming from God. Yeah. That is you. Yeah, I've just been trying to like kind of take what you say and put it in my own words. Because yeah. for me, that kind of is how I know that I truly understand it. Um, if I can put it in my own words, because I know like you do the silent prayer, like what I've been adding to it. Because like you said, well, just add it, you know, if you find something. So I don't have that intellect. I do more like relaxation exercises. Because then, then it's kind of the exercises help my body to relax without really having to think about it. Well, where I kind of hear the silent prayer, I do kind of get into my thoughts a little more. Um, when, when I kind of do both, it just makes it a little easier. And do you fight with your thoughts sometimes? Yeah. And what type of fighting do you do? Because um, I feel like it's me. Okay, kind of last week when I think it was Adriana, she was saying how, like, she doesn't feel like it's, um, like, She's worshiping the devil in a sense. She kind of said that in her own words. That's right. just kind of how I understand it. So for me, I'm just, I thought, like, that kind of gave me a little hope because I was like, wow, if we don't even feel like we're worshiping the devil, then that <laughs> means, I mean, hope in a sense. Wait, right. Let me get to my no, point. I, I gave me hope in a sense that, like, I don't have to try to be connected to God. Like, it'll just happen yeah. kind of um, effortlessly because I feel like I just want that connection already and then when I get a little taste of it I'm just like okay I'm good but I'm just like wait I didn't even really get a taste of it it's like how you say you're like oh you barely even scratch the surface yeah. but for me it feels so like mind-blowing I'm like oh my gosh but like I kind of just I like take it too much like I like don't let it go you know and so when you're fighting with thought you're doing what like I'm starting to be like I don't want to believe it but then I'm just like oh I'll just believe it Oh, you, you you give up the fight and just believe the thought? And, and you're trying not to believe them? No, I'm fight? trying to not even have that. I'm trying to kind of just submit to them and just be like, okay, I know that's not a part of me, and just let it go. Oh, okay. Nice. Amazing. Did she have your hand? Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm curious in the question, after hearing more people, who, who determines what is... Uh, the folly in the question. It's not Jesse. It's not uh, our thoughts, right? Which are from the devil. 
uh, it's not like the people out there. So like, who's who's determining if you're persisting in folly? Um, you know, like if, if God's not there to judge. Like, I'm curious now in the question of who's determining that the fool is persisting in folly. Like, what what could that mean? I mean, they could just be persisting in anything, and to judge yourself is to get caught up in that kind oh, okay. of like process. Interesting. So. I'll respond to it in a minute. Okay. Yes, Raymond. To start with, well, I did heard the phrase, uh, the phrase you uh, mentioned. Uh, uh, You've heard it before? Yes. It may have been a while, but uh, I, heard, I heard it. I don't know if it's true or not, but one thought, uh, one phrase comes to my mind where I heard it. For, uh, it says four words, the freedom to fail. If a if a child uh, child uh, realizes it has to if an infant child has to realize it has to crawl learn to crawl before it learns to walk, if it takes at least a thousand and fail a th- stumble or fall a thousand times before it learns what it takes to walk, then the wor- uh, then the biggest fool on the planet will realize that there are limits to um limits to his failure because uh, before. He- he or she realizes the wisdom, wisdom behind that. Uh, uh, okay, so that's what it means to if a fool persists in the follies. You say a, a fear of failure, the freedom to fail. Oh, the freedom to fail. Yes, uh, these fools are given the freedom to fail because they're because they're must uh, they're sooner or later they realize that there are uh, there is a price to pay for their follies. Oh, okay. Yes, as Dirty Harry would say in Magnum Force, a man <laughs> a man's got to learn his limitations. There you go. Yes, ma'am. Um, when I when you came out with the biblical question this week, and I thought about it, I also thought that um, we have to make mistakes and learn to learn from them. You know, it's simple as that. You have to, if you're perfect and you live a perfect life, how are you ever going to, you know, gather wisdom? We have to, I like his analogy of the infant, we have to fall, we have to fail at things to then be able to gather wisdom. So you you don't believe that if we were totally of God, of the truth, that we wouldn't learn that way? We would have to make mistakes in order to learn. Well, we could not learn from directly from truth. Well, if you think about today and you know this day that society calls Easter, um, we God died on the cross for us. He knew we weren't going to be perfect. He knew right. that he was going to have to you know send his son to die on the cross because we're sinners. So I don't have. I think we can be aware. I think. When I heard that message of your thoughts um, are all lies, I got so frustrated when I first heard you say it <laughs> because I realized how many thoughts I had, and yeah. it was frustrating, and I just wanted to like shut off my brain yeah. and just stop, stop. So I, I fought with my thoughts for a long time when I first heard that. Um, so going back, like God knew that we were going to... Right, that's why he sent his son, mm-hmm. so that we can overcome all this mess. We yes. have a way out. Yes. 
but we make mistakes. We, we're imperfect. And in reality, what we fight against now is not even real. The, all the fighting that we put up with ourselves and against others is all an illusion. It's not even real at all because Christ said it was done. He, he came and he defeated the devil. But the devil have us thinking that all this mess in our lives and what we're afraid of and fighting with is real. And it's not real. It's like trying to beat up the wind. I'm amazed by um, when I observe people um, who how scared they are. Yeah. I mean, they just tremble. Like, they're just... I, and I feel bad for them, and um, I try to share things, and I try to share, like, you know, the same, like, your thoughts are, are all lies, and try to, you know, and it's hard, and they, it's like they love being in their misery. They don't want to let yeah, things go. They absolutely. just go day to day just in fear, and it, it blows yeah, my mind. Yeah, everyone who has anger has fear. There's not one that don't have fear. Even when they try to pretend they don't have fear, they have inner fear. And I don't mean the fear that you need to do to protect yourself in a physical way, but I mean you have inner fear because that is the nature of the devil. You can't help but have fear. That's why when love comes, it takes away the fear. It takes away the nature of the devil. Absolutely. But you can't help people if they're not ready to be helped. They have to want to see it. I mean, I share it, but I don't lose sleep over it. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. Yes, Chris. Oh, then I'll take your hand. I didn't have my hand raised, but if you <laughs> want me to respond to the biblical question. Yes. Uh, simply on, on its face, it, I would say it means to learn, learn from your, someone would learn from their mistakes. But further than that, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm just looking at the, literally just the words, the words itself is just to learn from your mistake. Now, in the context of what the, where the quote came from, you know, I, I don't know what they meant. So okay. I Have never you asked heard them. that over during your lifetime? You heard that phrase before? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you think you knew what it meant when you heard it? Yeah, I, I suppose I, I just thought it meant the same thing that yeah. I'm saying now. It's amazing how we think we know what something means. That's mind-blowing to me. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's the intellect. Yes. I was listening to your uh, radio show earlier this week, and um, that guy from New York, that shooter guy who, you know, he got caught, he, he shot up the subway or whatever. You oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, um, like, that guy is, like, all of us. I don't know if yeah. you remember. And it was kind of, like, crazy because I was just thinking that. I was just like, wow, he's really right. You know, he he was a guy that all the thoughts that were in his head, you know, yeah. everything that he had gone through, he just let it out. Yeah, You know, so it's kind of like, imagine if people, you know, had all that anger and, you know, let it out. You know, it, this would be a, you know, I mean, it's a terrible place, I would say. Already, Everybody, but. unless they've been born again of God, they have an insane mind like that. Yeah. And, and they'll look at that guy and they'll like, I would never do that. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, and, and it's all instant. Everybody, anybody could have done that. Everybody. Yeah, that, Isn't that, that amazing? Just, yeah, it's, it is. Because it is. everybody has a crazy mind. And that guy talked about his father wasn't there, and he, so he blamed his father. He, all types of people. Yeah, white he people, blamed white you know. people. Yeah. White people and black people should not be on the same, I think you said, country. Earth or uh, hemisphere. Hemisphere. Yeah. And hemisphere means what? 
same part of the world? Huh? Wow. So, but it's all in his mind. It was just all built up rage from Satan. Yeah, it was just, yeah, I just had to get that out of that Yeah, I crazy. saw that with Will Smith, too, when he went up and, and, and punched the guy. Yeah. I, at first, I thought it was a joke, right? I, I still think, I yeah, still think it was joke? kind of fixed, but yes. I don't know. You have to be out of your mind to do something like that if you weren't playing. I mean, yeah. I guess. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Um, I so about what he said about the shooter. Um, I don't watch the news, but my fam staying with family and they watch the news. Yeah. Um, and these doctors came on and they were talking about about the shooter and they have all this um, intellectual reasons why he did what he did and why he's that type of person. And they're sending out this message. And like you said, we all you know, um, all people that have come from anger are capable of something like that. Yeah. And they really, it's plain and simple. He's an angry person. He has no love. And it's crazy how these doctors try to come up with all these intellectual reasons why yeah. he is the way he is. Or Because they don't see that as spiritual. They can't see that. It's crazy. The man is no different than anyone else in a fallen state. And every human being is like that. Yes? I was just going to say that Shooter, um, everything that he did comes from like a victim, a victim mindset. Yeah. yeah. It's like everybody else is attacking me. Everybody's trying to hurt me. Everybody's trying to do this and that to me. Yeah. But when you look internally, when you take responsibility for your own life and your own actions and your own just way of life, then you can start to see that it isn't everybody else, really. That's right, man. As long as I don't let that reflect back out into the world, you know, yeah. um, everything can be corrected and everything, you, as long as you take responsibility for your own actions. I think it's a lack of responsibility that we have problems with now. Like, like, like and you're so right. Oh, the mic is off? I think so. Hold on a minute. You want to repeat what you said? Oh, you want me to? Yeah. I was just saying the, the shooter suffered from like a lack of responsibility and a victim mindset. So he's like looking at everybody else, like thinking that everybody else is trying to hurt him. Yeah. And really, what he could do is better himself and get out of that that low place of I'm the victim. I'm you know because you put yourself at a very low state if you're like everybody's trying to do this to me. But it's when you think, what can I do to better myself and overcome those things? That's when you start learning and having that standard of it's not everybody else. It's actually all the battles that everybody faces are internal. That's right. And it's not. It's not the government. It's not the. You it's know, not the government. It's not, it's not the your boogeyman. neighbor. It's not your wife or your husband. It's inside of you. You are inside of you, and Satan made you blame somebody else. Oh, they did this to me, and they did that. And the more you say that and believe it, he piles on even more so, and now you become a victim, and you end up doing crazy stuff. I've counseled with so many people who are considering suicide, you know, because they think the world is against them. Well, the world is against them, but it's inside of others, but it's in you too, right? So you're against you, but you blame someone else, and Satan will make you get to the point where you want to kill yourself. You're like, you're no good. It's not, oh, you're not going to make it through this. You might well kill yourself. And it sounds so loud and so real, people want to do it. And a lot of people are doing it. They're taking their life because they're victims. They think that somebody else is their issue. And 
we really, 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 really smoke on it, it doesn't even make sense that you want to take your life over some other stuff. It just, it just doesn't make sense until you become a victim and just believe lies after lies after lies after lies. And then you go to the doctor and, and let the doctor pump you up with medication. How do you let a doctor give you pills for depression and now you're walking around looking depressed? Looking like, like you're just out of it. You see it on the street all the time. And they, everybody and their mama are on depression pills. And the doctor just making buku money rather than telling you, you know, you need to overcome the anger. You need to come into the light. You need to come out of the darkness. You need to return to the Father. Um, did I see your hand? And then I want to tell you what I realized about this thing, this biblical question. Yes. Yeah, yeah you said um, that the government isn't to blame, but I think in part it is to blame certain government policies that, like, for example, uh, the whole, this government subsidizes single motherhood. Right. Especially in the urban areas and e- even in r- rural areas, but mostly in urban areas. Yes. That doesn't raise productive people. Right. It's just, you know, productive children. I mean, they're just waiting once a month for the check to come in. Yeah. Well, now it's all electronic, auto, automatic, but, you know, the same thing. <laughs> you know, they're just waiting for it. You know, so those <laughs> kids aren't taught to work or to do anything. So once they hit 18, you got these grown men, yeah. well, young men, that, with, that don't know what, what to do with their lives. So they're just out in the streets. Or so how is that the government's fault? Yeah, it's because wrong they, that they're doing it. They shouldn't yeah. be happening, that's for sure. Yeah. But how is it the government's fault? Because the gov- it's a government program. Right. Why would the individual allow someone else to take over their life like that? Well, they promoted why it. Don't the so parents, what's wrong with the parents that they would let the government uh, destroy that natural nature of their children? Mm-hmm. If they didn't take it, the government couldn't make you take it. But the government facilitates it for people who don't have uh, a sense of, you know. But if you're responsible for yourself, you wouldn't take it, right? No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the government should not be doing it. Yeah, 100%. it shouldn't be doing it, yeah. But the person should not take it. Mm-hmm. When we were growing up, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about government. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know the government gave you free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> really, I did not know that until I went up to Indiana and I started hearing more about it because a lot of folks up there was on it. Yeah. And, but if the people didn't take it, the government couldn't do it. Yeah. It's like offering somebody antidepressant medication for spiritual issues, right? If the person said no to the doctor, the doctor can't make you take it. And then all these laws, too, these like so-called civil rights laws or whatever, all these lawsuits, people can just claim racism, and they could take the case to court and then do all the whole right. pro- and then they get buku money. And, and, yeah. But that's all <laughs> the government, right? I mean, why? But it's still the people's fault because the government is the people. Mm-hmm. The yeah. government is the people, except that on TV you can see a bigger picture of it rather than seeing it in yourself, right? You see it all the time. Mm-hmm. But if it's like those videos that Chris put together uh, during Manhood Hour and, and Friday, it's, it's a big picture. You can see it, but still some people don't see it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we talk about it, and I'm like, okay, maybe they missed it. But once you're looking at it, then you can see it. So we can see that the government is wrong, but look how weak the people are. Yeah. I'm looking at how they're reacting with this Russia-Ukraine war thing, right? They're carrying on about that. 
they like, give Ukraine some more money. Uh, do this and blah, 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 right? While at home, they're leaving us wide open. Yeah, they're yeah. doing that. The media not talking about it. They're not doing anything to stop the problems at home. But they love Ukraine. Everybody going to Ukraine. They send yeah. a buku money over there and fill it out and they show us these sad pictures. And we don't know if they're real or who did it or anything. But there are people in America who feel it sad for the people in Ukraine. Yeah. And it could be all fake. And the government they're known for doing that. Oh, they always say, oh, we're fighting in the name of democracy. You know, right. democracy for the world. You know, like what? But not at home. <laughs> not at home. Yeah. What a mess. Yeah. So the government is wrong for giving out free money. It's not even free, it's our money. Yeah, yeah. But the people are wrong for taking it. What is, it's like giving up on yourself. I'm just going to let the government take care of me. Yeah. So because if the people didn't take it, it wouldn't happen. It's a snowball effect. You know, it, it's, if enough people yeah. do it, it's just the society becomes a mess, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Let me take here, then I'll come to you. I started saying first thing here. Yes, sir, Doug. I've come to the realization, or at least... I'll say that, but I come to kind of believe that there's a portion of society that doesn't believe in themselves at all. They don't believe they have the power to they don't. not hire this politician. They don't believe yeah. it. They just that take it. so true. It, it's, it's kind of amazing to see that. That used to not be the way. It's like seeing the people with the mask on, you know. Okay, the master said we can go now. Take off the mask. Yeah, well, no, I'm afraid to now. They're still, like, in the cars by themselves with the mask. I'm like, the master said you can take it off. <laughs> now they're like the master telling us we got to put it back on, though. They're starting to say, oh, the, the new variants, whatever they call it, they get a little rougher. Yeah, I'm, because at one time they said, well, on the airplane you can take it off on whatever date. And now they change that date to May. So... It's all control. Yes, sir. I think uh, I think with the um, with the thing about the government, it's like just to to cover it quick. It's like the government is it, it, government just means like of the people. Like so, if the government is flawed, it's because the people are flawed. We put in yeah, we we the government. We put in people who are us, right? And yeah. then we pick bad ones because we don't have the answers in ourselves. Right, because it's a spiritual battle, and on top of that, I think it's really important to recognize people with victim complex. They have struggles, right? But there's no difference with the people who have, right, like savior complex. Like we need to stop the single motherhood, or there's problems in the government. Uh, there's something that I realized, or that was revealed to me, that is important, at least in my journey. That I, it's like there's no force with evil. It doesn't force you. You choose. Right. No one came to my house and forced me to put on a mask the same way. No one forced me that you point out to speak to that guy in the gym about wearing a mask. It's not my business. There is no force. And I'm I'm openly judging when I tell someone something like that or I'm openly partaking in evil when I accept the money, let the checks roll in or I blame the government. You know, government subsidizes money to inner city single mothers, but the government also subsidizes massive food production that feeds people. They stop doing that. Millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people would die. So, like, I had to remind myself that there's no force with evil. Evil never can force you. The devil doesn't force you, right? He tricks you. Suicide. He tricks you into thinking your life is worthless and to kill you. He can't kill you. 
but he could trick you into doing it yourself. Right. Yeah. And it's important to yeah. remind myself at least, and maybe it's just yeah. no force in evil. There's no force with the devil. You have to be, that's why he's the deceiver. You have to allow him to deceive you. I'm not falling for the COVID thing. I'm not deceived. I'm smarter than them. Well, now I'm reacting to the people who fell for it first, and I'm uh, part of it too. Yeah. I'm no better. I, uh, I'm amazing. Just, yeah. Nice. Yes, ma'am. And then I'll take you. James had a debate last night, or like recently, but, um, and he said, weakness is evil. Then he corrected himself and said, weakness allows, ushers in evil, allows for evil, you know? So, yeah. like, yeah, exactly. There's no force. We are weak. Like, why is porn even like a thing in a serious country? But it's because we're all weak, you know? Yeah. So, and that's the thing, right? U.S. government is missing at home for Ukraine, but like I'm missing stuff in me to look at that thing in that person's eye, you know? Absolutely. Amazing. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, um, I noticed that uh, when Obama and he got in office, like he almost, he perpetuated the victimhood yeah. mentality, you know? And then when Trump got in office, everyone just went insane. Yeah. And that's what kind of turned me, you know, because I was just like, okay, this is a guy that he's trying to, uh, you know, promote work, give people, you know, opportunities instead of, you know, you don't have to take from the government, you know. And then Obama, he was perpetuating the, you know, 20 cents on the dollar, you know, you know, when women are getting paid less or whatever that is. Yeah. And um, racism and all that. He just perpetuated more and more. And then when Trump got in office, you know, he was just like, just take responsibility. You, you know, I'll, I'll keep, we'll find jobs. We'll do this. We'll do that. And then everyone went crazy. Parents used to raise their children. They would yeah. make their children be responsible growing up. And so when they leave home, they naturally take care of themselves. Yeah. But parents don't do that anymore either. They just, they, oh, I want to make sure my kids have it better than me. And they spoil the kids. They don't have to work. They don't have to do without. They don't have to do this. And when they grow up, they become criminals. Because now they don't feel like working. So, yeah, I just, I noticed that. And I was just like, wow, that, that's yeah. crazy to me, but. Amazing. So what I want to tell you that I realize about <clears throat> um, if a fool would persist in his follies, um, uh, what it, then he would become wise. He might become wise. He will become wise. Uh, I remember the last time I was sick that time, and I realized there was nothing I could do about being sick. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let it work, let it pass through. I'm just going to let it be, right? And then I totally, totally gave up. And I said, I'm all in with this. And I realized when I was sick that I'm going to be like that with everything. I'm just totally all in with everything, right? And so the reason I've been talking about the ego death so much is because when you die from the ego, you realize how foolish you are. Really. You realize... Now, it ain't easy going through the ego there. I'm telling you, it ain't no easy thing. I'd rather slap my mama than go through the ego there. <laughs> but in going through it, you realize how foolish and dumb you are and how connected you are to evil and don't even know it. How it, you have really, and I use myself, really, really identify with the far you and don't even know it. Every thought, every pain, body pain, or, and I don't mean like physical pain from an illness or something, but ego body pain, 
everything is all evil and it's all foolishness. And when you're going through that death, you start to realize that and you become wiser for it. You become wise when you, because you see the depths of the darkness that we must die from. It ain't no little light thing, oh, I'm dying from the darkness, right? It, you see clearly of yourself, you can do nothing. You really, there's not one thing you can do of yourself. But you don't see the depths of that until you're dying from it. And uh, you see that you have never, ever, ever, but never, never, ever been the thoughts. It was never you. You have never been the pain. You have never been the worry. You have never been the fear. You have never been the doubt. The real you have never put another human being over you, made them your hero or your guru or your this. It's the not you that's doing that. But because we're so identified with it, it feels like us. The real us have never had a problem. Not one in life. And Christ came and he, he made that possible because we are a spirit. So he conquered death. And so when you die from that, and thank God that you, uh, you, have, you have the love of God in you to protect you because when you're fallen, fallen, fallen within, and you just don't fight back at all, you get a little glimpse of what's going on, and it feels like you just going, it's over for you, and a little crack happened, then you can see then, like, wow, that's clear. But we, ha- we have never been into this. If we really, 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 really knew and understand, we would never allow, we would, no one could ever stroke our ego. No one could ever make us feel good or bad. No one can make us think anything. But we are so identified with that. And we would never try to do anything about our spiritual self. You know, we get up and go to work and, and do eat and that kind of stuff, but that's just practical thinking, doing right. But when you are dying from that, it ain't easy. But the deeper you go into that hell, the more you learn from it. And the more, because the light is causing you, it's protecting you through the hell. It doesn't feel like it, right? But it's protecting you, but it's also teaching you and allowing you to see that it was never you. And so the folly is the fool that think that it's him or her. It never have been us. It's never us. And even with this, that's really, oh, another thing that happens when you're dying from the ego, it erases all ideas, all, all uh, imaginations. It erases that from you. And it, it never with you anyway, but it brings you out of that even more so. And you, it'll blow your mind to think that I thought I was my imagination. Or I thought I was this, or I thought I was that. I used to think that I was judging myself for this or that, right? And it was never you judging. You're, we have never had anything to do with anything. Even the idea about Christ, when you think of Christ, I used to think of Christ as someone that you could never obtain. You could never become like. I used to be afraid to even think of myself as being like Christ because they made him so big and so beyond until... You to imagine that you could be like Christ would be almost like a sin. Sin would make you think, oh, you think you're God, right? That's not true. 
this same spirit is in Christ is in us. It really is. But because we so identify with the spirit of darkness, we don't recognize the spirit of Christ. But when you watch when you read the Bible now or watch some of those little, especially older movies about Christ, you're going to see that. You're going to see, wow, you're going to see it differently now. You're going to see the real deal instead of from the illusion of the imagination. We are not. And, and another thing about dying, and then I take your hand, when, when the, when the uh, food is dying f- from the ego, it's crazy to die from the ego. Really, to really, 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 really do it. Because Satan wants you to pick up something. He wants you to turn the TV on. He wants you to eat. He wants you to drink. He wants you to deny it. He does not want to die. And that's what Christ did on Friday. Well, he did a long time on Friday ago, not last Friday. <laughs> we were just pretending it was last Friday. <laughs> but he went to hell and conquered death so that we can go to hell and conquer death. We can conquer death. And then we live, and the way you drop your body is where you go, where you hang out at after that. But if you drop this body in the ego, you're going to stay there because you would not have conquered death. To, ego, to die from the ego and conquering death. And he made it possible. And again, the pain that you're going to feel and the overwhelming thoughts and the fear and all that, that's not you either. And as you're dying, you're going to see it's not you. You will rise up. Now, I haven't risen up and come all the way up there yet, but I know now to go through the death thing. Matter of fact, I made up my mind, whatever's going to happen. It was like what somebody was saying. There's nothing we can do anyway. There's nothing I can do. And so foolishly, I've been thinking I can do something protecting not me, and you can't. It's not you. It's really not you. It's like you are here, and the not you is here, and you identify with this instead of above. And in there, everything is provided, the light, the take no worries, no thought, no nothing. But the hardest thing, it's easy to say, oh, I'm an observer. Oh. I observe. But when the rebel meets the road, it's a different story. Because you literally think that you are being hurt. You think you are being embarrassed. You think that someone assaulted you. You think they hurt your feelings. You think this, and it's all lies. They're not hurting you at all. It's amazing. But you've got to die from it. You've got to go deep down in hell. You've got to let it all fall. And you will rise. That makes a little sense. You will become wise of how dumb you were thinking that all that other stuff were you. Thinking that you can fight this spiritual battle. When I say that it's a spiritual battle between right and wrong, there's nothing we can do about it. I didn't even understand the depths of it until when I got sick and I decided I'm all in. Whatever's going to happen, going to happen. I didn't understand the depths of it until the death part began. I knew I didn't have any anger because he took that away. And I didn't realize how much power that is that we have his help now when you overcome it. Because anyone that has anger has the heart of Satan, a wicked heart. And wickedness can't defeat wickedness. Evil hate the light and the light hate evil. So you need the light to fight the darkness. You can't fight on your own. That's why he changes the heart first. And now you have the power. He give us... That's why Christ said, no, we, whatever he did, we can do it too and greater. And you just can't believe that with the intellect and think that it's going to work. 
you must see it. You must be of the same spirit Christ is of. And we are, we could be of that. That same spirit that's in him is in us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us. It really is. But the not you got to die. Let me take here and then I'll take your hand and then. So you'll be, the fool will be made wise if you let yourself die. You got to go through it. You really, and you got to go through it alone. No one can help you. There's not one person on earth can help you. You got to go through it alone by yourself. Yes, sir. You pretty much touched on what I was gonna. What I was gonna add to that was that uh, Christ even said that, you know, the the salt of the earth. You're gonna go on. And you're gonna do greater things than even He would. So, yeah. it's just weird to me how. So well, I was born uh, in a Baptist Southern Baptist church, and I loved my church to death uh, back home. But it's almost like um, people they prop Jesus up on this pedestal. And they like to do that so they can be like, oh, there's no way we can touch that. There's no way we can get right. to that level. What and they a put setup. On, right. And they put them on the pedestal to make it like, oh, just repent. And, you know, you just all you have to do is repent and repent and repent. And and with no change on that repentance, it just doesn't feel authentic. That's you know? right. And so that's what I had to do was, you know, really kind of get in the scriptures and see that Christ said that we would go on to do better yeah. greater things than him and he called us brothers and sisters he didn't and he never said to worship him he said to worship the one true you know the father you know so it's just that's but you already added on to that but yeah that's and I the people that uh the people that went after christ christ never felt like a victim he never oh lord pull me <laughs> let me get a gun and shoot him oh i'm being discriminated against he didn't get the devil in attention. And the real. We pay attention to the devil. I saw this movie where there's this guy in the Bible named David or something like that, right? <laughs> Anybody remember David? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. oh, yes, something like that. And David uh, apparently was a. I'm going to preach. I was supposed to know the Bible, right? But David was a warrior, right? Anybody know David? The warrior David. The apostle David. Uh, he was a, not apostle, but he was a, he was a priest. No, not that one. This David was like a warrior David. Oh, he was the guy that sent. Oh, David was the guy that, see, I don't know the Bible. We had a Bible thumper when we need him. Yeah, let me tell you the story. So this David was the guy that was out on the patio one day. <laughs> and this man, wife, was down there taking a bath. Bathsheba or something like that? Oh, now I'm on the right track. See, I know my Bible. In the beginning, it was the Word. And so... Uh, David saw this woman taking a bath and and he was so turned on. It was so nice for him, right? He sent he sent the man, the woman, husband to war. So you get anybody know about that? Yes. Mm-hmm. You never heard that? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so David sent the woman husband off to war. But David was like a prophet though. He was a prophet, I think. 
was was he a king prophet? Yeah, yeah, King David. Who? Oh, so he was a prophet. He was a king. So the king David sent this woman husband off to work. I mean, off to war. And then, and it looked like he sent him way off to war where he got killed or didn't return. And so King David got this woman pregnant, right? And so this wise man told King David, uh, you have done wrong. You got this woman pregnant and you're going to, God's going to punish you for it. And, uh, King David like, no, 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 he can't punish me for this. I'm a, I'm a, I thought he said he was a prophet or something. But he would definitely have connection with God. God loved him and he loved God, right? And so the man was like, no. And so God killed or something happened to that boy, yes. his first child. Mm-hmm. The first child died. He died, right? Yeah. And King David suffered for it. And so the prophet came back again and said, well, you know what? Um, God love you and he's not holding that against you. He forgive you for it. And so you can go now and get this woman and make a baby. And so he got with the woman they made another boy. His first child was his second child was a boy as well. And the point to that story that God forgive but human beings don't. And that's why I used to go and apologize for resenting and never ask a human being for forgiveness because they're not going to do it. It's not in them to do it. But you forgive, and God will forgive you. Because God doesn't hold anything against us. Even with the people in the Old Testament, he knew they couldn't help it. They had no way out. They just had the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. So they were subject to that. But with us, we have the New Testament, so we have the help of God, the kingdom of heaven within, right? And he knows why we're in that fallen state. He knows why we've done the things we've done. We could not help it. And when you're dying from that ego, it's going to be made clear that you could not help anything you've ever done. And that you've always been wrong for judging and not you because you're playing God. Thinking that is you and you play God when you judge yourself. But if you clearly see that you're not in control of anything, not only will you overcome that, that idea, you would not identify with it anymore. You got to stop identifying with the not you. It's not you at all. And you can't make yourself see the not you. Because the devil will give you an image of the not you. He's like, oh, you're a spirit. Here's what you look like, right? And it don't, whatever this word you hear in your head, whatever the devil tell you, let it pass. It is not you. And God is not holding anything against us at all. He knows everything. All he wants us to do is forgive so he can draw us in and take over. And he'll, he'll show you the, the not you. He will destroy the darkness because the darkness hate the light. We can't destroy the darkness. We have to give up and let it be. Just let it be. With no opinion, no idea. And when you don't have any idea of God or Christ, then you shall know him. You shall know both of them. And they are nothing like what the idea of morality and all that. It's all fake. What you've been taught is wrong. And your life, you're basing your life on this morality that you've been taught. Don't do this, don't do that. Be this, be that, right? And if you don't do it, you judge yourself for that. We've been lied to. We've been totally lied to. They should have never taught us the Bible. They should never have, unless they were told us, don't hold on to this. 
Oh, another thing that you realize in the death of the uh, uh, of this ego thing I'm talking about, you can't even hold on to wisdom. You can't hold on to anything because wisdom will be used against you as well. Because wisdom is from God and it's constantly different. It's not what you hold on to. It's something that you grow onto. You grow into. Don't hold on to anything. Don't hold on to the knowledge of the Bible, but do not hold on to the wisdom of God either. He'll cause that to happen. It's already in you. Because when you hold on to it, you can't, your cup is full. You think you got it all. But you got to die. And that's why, that's the way you become wise. The fool, because you'll see what a fool you've been. And you shall, in seeing it, you'll be made wise. That made a little sense. Okay, I saw some hands. I saw Nick first. And then, Could you? no, I think I saw you first. Right here, Nick. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Nick. No, 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 no. no go ahead. And then here, then Frank. Um, uh, yeah, could you describe a little bit more detail um, going down into hell for you? Oh, it's like when your ego is offended, for an example. Someone should uh, insult you, hurt your feeling, or try to shame you, or you make a fool out of yourself, say something that doesn't even make sense, and people laugh at you. Or blah, 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 right? When you allow that to happen without defending the pain of it, you're dying. You have to literally allow the ego to be made a fool of. As a matter of fact, when that is happening, the ego come alive, right? It starts screaming, it gets mad, it gets happy, it gets scared, it gets this and that. You have to allow that to be. You have to allow yourself to go through that. And say you try to tell you, oh, you need to take a joint or something, right? Go to a party, have some sacks or something, right? Don't do it. You have to let that ego be offended. And, 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 and say to tell you, you owe it to the world for that. You don't owe the world anything. You owe the world nothing but to die from it. So when your ego is offended, you're in your head and you're mad, and you judge it, and you're happy, and you're glad, you're sad, you have to allow that to happen. Allow that pain to be there, and let it stay, and it will go. But the mind is not going to be easy. It sounds easy, but it's not, especially since you have identified with it. It feels like you've been embarrassed. It feels like you were offended. It feels like it went against you, and it, it didn't. It's not you. That make sense? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, sir. So if someone offend you, that's fine. Because the real you cannot be offended. It's the not you that's being offended. You just identify with it. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, I don't know if this will make sense, but uh, like, you know, you're talking about, you know, killing the ego and the thoughts and stuff like that. Um, I feel like it's more, um, you know, the, the, the thoughts that really bolster the ego and keep the ego, you know, like when you said somebody, whenever you're getting offended, you know, somebody offends you, you know, thoughts run into your head immediately, yeah. and that's when it boosts your ego, like, really, really quick, you it know. It does, but, because um, the thoughts, oh, the thoughts and the ego, it's the same. It's just fed with thought, but it's the same, the feelings and everything. And then Satan will tell you to do this and do that. It's still the nature. We have to die. Our, the ego nature is what we have to die from. Because the ego nature is the nature of Satan. We, born a new, we need a new nature. We must be born of God's nature, which is love. 
and in that there is no ego. And so we have to be born from that. But the ego is kept alive by thoughts and feelings and overreacting to it, uh, revenge and all, all different kind of things. But if you don't try to get into that, if you don't get revenge, if you just let it happen, that thing, have to, it will die. And because it's not enough to just say, oh, I believe in God, you know, or oh, I'm an observer. Yeah. I grew up like uh, going to church basically every Sunday almost. And like he was saying earlier, like they were put in like, you know, God and Jesus, just as if you can never be you that. Can never you, know, you can never it. attain right. it. If you're that, then, you know, something's wrong. But, uh, yeah, like I just realized, like, you know, he is our brother. He is. He came down here. The same spirit is in him. Yeah. And that spirit came from God in him. Likewise, it come from God in us, inside of us. But because no one told us growing up, no one said, when I used to hear that you have to die, I used to hear people talk about that in church, but I always thought it meant a physical death. I didn't see it as a spiritual, real spiritual ego death. I didn't see it as that at all. But now I see that that's what it meant. And maybe one day we'll lead the earth too, but, and the way we drop our bodies is the way we're going to lead this earth. Whatever condition we're in now, and believe me, the minds are messed up. Minds, all minds are crazy. Really, all minds are crazy. It really is. And we got to die from it. And we can die from it. And the light will cause that death to happen. But we just got to let, let this thing happen. Just let it happen. You, it, there are times where you can barely move, but you got to let it happen. You just have to let it happen. Yes, sir. I didn't quite hear it. Um, so... It, so is a, a fool, is a folly, is that a true statement or a false statement? It's true. But I don't know, so you, you know, James, or somebody, one of the guys sent me the guy that said it way back then, but you will become wise when you're dying from the ego because the light will let you see, and in the light you're wiser, which is the spirit of God, the truth of God. Uh, but unless that ego die, you will not know the truth of God. You would think you know. But that's you not would still the, listen to the devil. The question you said is uh, directly. You directly said, uh, will a fool become wise? If a fool... What was it? Doing? Oh, if a fool would persist in his folly. Meaning that if you just continue to let yourself die in, in, in that folly of the ego then you shall be made wise. Because as you are dying from the darkness, you become aware of the light. It doesn't make sense. If, if a fool persists, he's going to still stay a fool. No. If he, if he persists in the death, if he stopped the death by saying, no, I can't take this, this is crazy, then he will continue to be a fool. Persist means that if you allow it to just happen, 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 not stop it or start and stop and all that kind of stuff. But if you just let yourself go, the night you go, that's what persists me to continue with it. So if you persist being a, a fool and keep being a fool, one day you're going to be smart, you're going to turn around or you'll figure things out? I don't know what he's not getting. Sure you can help him. Yeah. Let the white woman help you. <laughs> <laughs> then I got to be in there. No, no. What do you understand about it? 
our fool is being made aware, like us, of his folly. I think that's like assumed, right? When you're dying, you are made aware how foolish you are. But in that awareness, you're being made wise because it's the light that is showing you. You see, now it's like coming out of a cloud, of a dark cloud. I don't know. It's still a false statement. I mean, for me, <laughs> for me, okay. I mean, I, I went through some things recently, and I thought one thing was one way, but it was really oh. another way. But it was because I was, I was blind. But he you haven't died showed. from your ego. Well, I'm not saying that I died from my ego. You need I'm to die you. from the ego, then you see what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Well, then. <laughs> really, then you I, need to die. Let that ego die. Okay. Really. Give it, you, y'all, can, y'all can prove me wrong. I can easily be proved wrong. Let the ego die and see if I'm wrong. Like, oh, you're wrong. Don't let the ego die and you'll see if I'm wrong or right about this. Yes. Okay, on the Christian radio station on the way to church, they... Some VJ was talking, and my mind was blown for a second, only because I remember last month at the Women's Forum, you're like, you think you have friends? No, you don't. So with that in mind, Jesus had that last supper with these disciples, mm-hmm. knowing that they're going to betray him, and he was still, like, all jovial. And, but, like, why did he do that? Because that that's is like, such a good question. Thank you for bringing it up. When you, as you're rising out of the darkness, or when, when Jesus is already out of the darkness, right? You could be anywhere, but uh, psychologically, you're not with them. You could be in the midst of prostitutes and lesbians and drunks and homosexuals and, and winos, whatever they're out there, right? They're all bombs. But spiritually, you're not, you cannot be corrupted because you no longer have that nature. But, and so that's why Jesus was able to be a monster that because he could not be affected by it uh, in a sinful way. And once you die from that ego and you rise up, because you gotta go, you, you're going to be a monster world, but you're protected from the world because your nature is totally different now. So you'll be a monster world, you'll be the light of the world, as somebody said about the son of the and you will be that, and you will be a monster. He was a monster, people with that disease, that heavy disease thing. Leopards. leopards, and he healed them. He put his hands, and we've been told you can never touch a leopard, right? But if you had the right spirit, you could. You could heal. But you just need the right spirit instead of the dark spirit. The darkness cannot fight the darkness. Only the light can defeat the darkness. But you got to literally die from the darkness. We are all fools and don't know it because we think we're smart. And we think it's like what Francisco just said, oh, I went through something the other day and then I learned from it. That ain't it. That's a little bit of it, but that ain't it. You want to always be aware, but you got to die from this identity that you have, from the thinking and from the identifying with the, uh, the idea of and the decision making and blah, blah, blah. You got to totally die. And so I encourage you to stop holding on to the ego. When somebody embarrasses you, let it be embarrassed. If the whole room laugh, let them laugh. And watch how you're feeling about it. The devil runs scared while they're laughing, but it feels like you're scared, but it's really the devil. So if somebody, your husband, your wife, or someone should tell, because boyfriends tend to tell girls now, you are the devil. I hear that a lot when I'm counseling. But why? My husband always tells me everything I do is the devil. 
He always tell me I'm the devil. And so I'm so, so how do you feel about that? I don't like that. Well, why do you don't think you don't like it? And they're like, oh, because I'm the devil. <laughs> the devil doesn't like hearing about the devil. So if your husband or your wife tell you all the time you're a beta, you're the devil, and it's affecting you, you should be glad to see that because the real you would not be moved by that. If somebody calls you the devil, okay, fine, right? But if you're bothered by it, it's because you're the devil. <laughs> Two devils fighting each other. But the real you would never be bothered. So again, don't try to think of who the real you is. No, because the devil will give you uh, uh, an idea about that. And he'll make you think, oh, this is this spiritual person. And then your wall will come tumbling down. Right? But you got to let the ego die. Does that make a little sense, except for Francisco? <laughs> Pray for him. He tried to figure it out. So I saw a hand somewhere that I wanted to get to. Oh, okay. Did I see your hand? Okay, so give me quick answers or responses so we got to end. Right here first. And then we'll come across the room. This, I'm telling you, you can, do you know when your ego is acting out? You, you know when the ego pain is there, right? And so when those things like that happen, don't cover it up. Meaning, go through it. You don't really have to tell anybody, oh, I'm going through an ego pain, right? Because no one can help you. And you don't want anyone to make you feel good or give you a false sense of comfort. Because they'll, they'll save the ego. You literally want it to die. All right? Okay. Yes, sir. I just had um, just a thought on when she was asked why Jesus, um, you know, had the Last Supper with all the disciples when you knew some were going to, you know, betray him. Yeah. And I think it's like because, like, once you get to, like, that, once he, Jesus, like, he, he was at a, you know, a high point of, like, understanding. So, like, once you understand that, like you said, it's not of us, that it's of Satan, right. and that certain things, uh, like he knew Judas couldn't help it himself. That's and he right. knew Peter was going to die, but he couldn't help himself because of the immense pressure that they were going to be under. Yeah. So I think he was like, it's not really you. You're still my friends, but... 100%. Right. Once you come to that level of consciousness, the real consciousness of God, you let go of the anger. Now you don't have it in yourself. You can see and... You could be with them and not feel the thing. They can turn you into the army, and you're not going to take it personally because you, you know and you can see that they could not see. They could not see. They do not see. And when people get mad at you or, or try to give you whatever, right, you're not going to get mad because you And that's why Jesus was able to do that, too, because he knew. I remember when this guy asked him, I am. He didn't ask everybody else. Peter was able to see that. Build, them, build my church on. Yourself. And once you for yourself. Anyway, you can't see wisdom. I can't make you see it. Only God allow you to see it. But you got to be all in and let everything go. Do the prayer. Don't protect the ego at all. Yes, ma'am. I just want before I forgave my mother. I oh, okay. Get, I'm sorry. sorry. Before I forgave my mother, I used to get so frustrated with her 
and we could go back and forth and, and get, you know, get in arguments and stuff. Yeah. And once I forget, forgave her and, you know, told her that I was sorry for resenting her, now when she gets all, you know, in the mood to fight, I just... I just tell her, I understand. That's right. <laughs> I, I can see it in her. Like, I can understand yeah. why now. And before I couldn't, I yes. was like, why is she like this? And why does it affect me? And, and one day she'd be okay, and the next day she wouldn't. And it was like a roller coaster. That's but now right. I can just look at her and just say, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's going to happen with everybody. Even when your friends get mad at you, and a husband and wife get mad at each other, you're going to see what. Uh, he just can't see or she just can't see and it won't be personal. You, you really see that it can't help it because now you, uh, I, your eyes are open from within. But there's another step y'all got to take and that's the ego death. And now that you've returned to love, you have the power, which is other fathers, to defeat the darkness because the ego death is about overcoming the darkness, overcoming that nature that's in your flesh, your mind and body, right? It's the darkness, and he will defeat it. You could try it by yourself. I, I recommend you try it by yourself. And keep quiet about it, and just allow yourself to go through it. Don't get up in the morning and look like you're fasting. You know how people look hungry when they're fasting? Don't look like you're going through anything. And, and don't let the world feel sorry for you either. Do not let anybody feel sorry for you. First of all, who are they that they should feel sorry for you? They, they can't take on your problem. The people who are dying over Ukraine, I don't care if they show you 100,000 pictures of baby dying and women crying. What can I do about it? And I'm way over in the United States. I can't take on their pain because if I take on their pain, I'm playing God, number one. I can't even handle my own pain. And number two, I'm going to send them all my money and what I got left? Nothing. <laughs> and they're still dying. <laughs> Isn't that true? But no, they show these things. We get all emotional and painful over it. Isn't that insane when you think about it? You can't even handle your own. And how do you know what they're really feeling anyway? They could be faking it. And what can you do about it? It's all ego thing and take somebody else's pain. Even God let us stay in this hell that we don't want to overcome it. He'll leave us right here in hell. He's not taking on our pain. That's been done. It's been taken away. Anyway. Oh, where am I? Raymond, real fast, and then y'all move fast, all right, because time is up. Yeah. What you said about Jesus' nature during the last supper, is that what it means that we should be in the world, but not of it? Yes, sir. You will be in this world living a heavenly life from within. Or you could be in this world living hell, catching hell, because every angry person catches hell. Right here on earth, in the name of Jesus, in the name of observation, in the name of being still, they catch in hell. Yes, sir. Uh, right here. You know how some churches have talent shows? We should, as a church, have, like, I'll stand up there and you guys try to make me feel bad or make me feel good, like, and I'm dying from my ego. Yeah, roast all of us. We should roast each other to see if we have an ego. <laughs> it should it shouldn't be planned. It needs to be a shock to the ego. Never listen to a woman. Right, I know. It needs to be a shock to the ego because the shock will wake you up and it'll make you aware the devil's scared right now. The devil is humiliated right now, right? But if we plan it, it wouldn't hurt the ego because you'll be aware of it coming. But if it's a shock, 
to you. That's what you need. You need the shock. You need the shock. It, it, okay. What? I think we could, oh, we can still shock people, even if they're no, it's expecting. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> did, I, did I see your hand? Yeah. Okay. And then last one right here. Oh, a couple right here, too. No, it wasn't you. It wasn't you? I have a hand up. You're landing this plane perfect. I'm not going to get in the way. Okay. Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, I was just curious about the biblical, biblical question. Maybe Nick or James can answer this. Um, the quote, the guy who did the quote, like, why was he relevant? And if it, if it was something that he just came up with himself or it was something that he me took too. from the Bible. So I got it. They sent me some information. I haven't read it yet, but I want to know more about him, yeah. too. How did he come up with that? Yeah. I, it's because it's definitely true, but it's not understood what it meant. So I wanted to know more about yeah. him, too. But yeah. they'll send it to you. Okay. One, I think they will. It's a romantic poet? poet. Oh, he was. Yeah, but after this whole, like, enlightenment church thing, then these romantic poets. Oh, hold on for a minute. I'm sorry. Well, it's really that's all I have to say. Uh, <laughs> like, huh? Oh, they didn't hear it online. What I know of William Blake is he's a romantic poet. It's like this romantic era, and it came after Enlightenment, and people had turned all like bitter towards um, like the church and things like this. Oh. So they were like, let's be into romance. Yeah. William Blake, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to read about it, too. I have. I just haven't had to read it. But, uh, uh, yes, sir. Last word. You had the last. You had your hand? Oh, no, that wasn't. Oh, that was Okay. All right. Okay. No. <laughs> Chris, go yell at me. Go ahead. Last word. Last word. Nobody ever raise your hand. Okay. So if, uh, so when we are perfect, when we have the light of Christ in us, right? And you say that the we, heart is yes, right. The heart is perfect. Yes. The mind and the body are not our own. Yeah, that's right. So if yes, <laughs> so if we are having an ego death, which is. Uh, and what I understand, the ego is your identities, right? Yes. And the mind, the thoughts are all lies all the time. Yeah. So when you say that you're feeling pain because the ego is dying, isn't that just an identity? Because if you're not your body, then you don't really if feel If you pain. don't identify with it, it's not an identity. Okay. But to know what's going on and what you want to know, so you don't try to protect it. Okay. You, you want to be aware that that's not you. That's make a home in the real you, the spiritual you. That's created the image of God. He's never made a home in there. It's been in the heart. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's physical. It's a spirit, but in the physical body. But then your body will be renewed when you die right. from the ego. Okay. And then the body will belong to God. It'll be yours, but God will be in there and just you and God hanging out, having fun. Cool. And so it's good to be aware of that, but don't. And, and, and the, talking about it is letting you know intellectually that's not you. Right. And so when you do feel it, when you be embarrassed or whatever, you know, I'm not really embarrassed. It's the ego embarrassed. And then you'll be willing to let, it, let the ego go through what it got to go through without protecting it. Stop protecting the ego. Okay. So then when Jesus was with uh, the disciples and he knew Judas was going to deny him, he didn't care or didn't bother him because he didn't identify with that. He knew what it, he loved right. Judas for for. Because it says we're supposed to love our enemies as ourselves. That ego pain, that ego body makes you think that God is not with you. Mm. But he is, right? Except that he's not with this thing that we are, this figure of thing, this evil darkness that has to die. We're you want to get rid of that. 
That's why all ideas hate God. Okay. And God hates all ideas because they're from the darkness. They're not from you. Right. And that's why he died because we're evil. We're not, it's not that we make mistakes. It's that we are evil until we that have That nature is evil. Okay. And it's not like we are evil, but that nature that we identify with is evil. And it will cause you to do evil things. Because the spirit's not renewed. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Thank but you. once that is dead, you will no longer identify with that. We shouldn't have any identity at all. Zero identity. Zero. About God, about Christ, about yourself, about others, about anything. We should just be doing what's in front of us. Thank you, Jesse. You're welcome. That was a good question. Though. I'm glad you asked. All right. You're just playing, right? Yeah, he just playing. <laughs> Thank you. So, listen, this has been the first best Easter talk, Christ talk we ever had because I understand more now. So, Christ died, and, and he didn't die, but that ego nature died. When God, when he said, Father, how have you deserted me? Forsaken me? It was that ego pain that was dying. So, then we can do it too. It's been conquered. So if you overcome the anger by forgiving, now you have the power of the Father in you, so that when you are dying from the ego, he'll catch you. Nobody really knows what it is to believe in God. Nobody knows what that is, but you will know if you die, let that thing die. You believe about him, yes, your heart, some of your hearts have changed, so you know he can do that, but you don't know what it is to totally just believe in God. Even when you say, uh, I have faith in God, you don't really have it yet. You have faith about him, but you don't have faith in him. When you say, I think that God will help me, you're saying you really don't believe that God is going to help you. you. When you say, I think he will help me, you're not believing in God. But when you say, God help me, you believe in him. Because you know he'll help you. God help me. Not, I think God will help me. I think he may do this. I believe he will. I believe God will help me. But when you know God, you know that he will help you. God help me. And he'll help you. Because there's nothing left but pure faith. So let the ego die. Let the ego die. You must die in order to live. You do not want to stay on this earth with that ego body. Because if you drop it, you're stuck. In hell, the same, and everybody catching hell right now, like inside and outside. So do the silent prayer, go and forgive, and you got to get on that straight and narrow path and stay there. Stand alone. Stay there, stay there. And if the whole world turned against you, they'll, they never were with you anyway. And we're not going through anything that Christ did not have to go through, all right? It's not new. But he made it possible for us, so it can happen. Do the silent prayer. Watch. Watch those thoughts and just do what's in front of you. Don't complain about your job. Don't complain about your mama. Don't complain. They can't help themselves. All right? And you'll see. You'll grow. I have grown because of him. I, I had no idea what I know now. I didn't know it then. I know it now. And I'm expecting other stuff to happen too, so I'm going to stay. I'm all in. I don't know what's going to happen, but I want to stay all in and see what the end is going to bring. All right? Thank you for your support. Happy Easter. If you need counseling, we have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. Thank you for your super chats at D-Live. We'll read that. We'll read that tomorrow. Um, and your donations to the church and all that. All right. Uh, Women's Forum this Thursday. 
This Thursday is for ladies only every third Thursday night at 7 p.m. So thank God for this day in that he made it possible for us. All right. So let the ego die. Let yourself grow. You'll be fine. And thank you all. Happy Easter to you. Amazing church today. Thank you for it. Appreciate it. Nice. I appreciate that. So. Uh,